Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at Metal Cloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the Metal Cloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, Metal Cloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of The Modern Jeeper Show. Well, and see, I always tell people that they actually, you want that rake in there because it gives you better gas mileage. You're always going downhill. The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers, and welcome to episode number 61 of The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Can you believe it's been an entire month? 30 long days since we were all told to stay at home, behave, and wash our hands. I hope you're all hanging in there as we get through another week. This week on the show, Madsen, Rockstar Jeep Girl Jesse, and myself talk a little bit about a lot of things. Even though I hate doing it, we touch on the state of the country and the media. We also chat about how soon we can all get back to our regularly scheduled programming, hitting the trails, and just jeeping in general. Once again, We get to go a little technical, but technical in a GPS kind of way. We talk about a couple of different GPS solutions from hardware to software, what works, what doesn't, and what I'm starting to use more and more of. For our tech tip of the week, we talk about the Jeep Rake, and no, not the one you use to clean up your yard. As always, Modern Jeeper is extremely grateful to our supporters, including Warren Winches, Raceline Wheels, Best Top, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, KMS Adventure Racks, and of course, Metal Cloak. So sit back, relax with a cold one, and enjoy episode number 61 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers, it's another episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. Me, Madsen from Metal Cloak with Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne. Hey, Madsen. And Rockstar Jeep Girl, Jesse Greenland. Hi, Madsen. Hey, guys, how are you doing? We are social distancing at its finest. (laughs) Hopefully you're not social distancing each other. Uh, No, Uh, no. not so much. I mean, it's uh, when you start running into each other, it's that, you know, the memes that have been on social media, like I stood and looked out the window and then I went down the hall and then I looked out the kitchen window. Yeah. Or, or the one from Elon Musk the other day, uh, he said, yeah, and his comment was that the gun must be for toilet paper, but it was, it was what we expected apocalypse to be. And it was an image from that movie, the road, um, with the guy, you know, and the older guy and he's holding the gun and he's pushing a shopping cart or whatever. And the young girl with them and they look like just, you know, these survivalist bums. And then what it actually turned out to be, and it was an image from South Park of the father just sitting back on a couch in his underwear, shoving his face full of food, playing a video game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, it, what a what a crazy time! And we've said it before, but man, it's just you know, and and the there's a point, and I gotta say this. I think I've reached my limit to a certain degree. I was commenting when I was at Trader Joe's how polite everybody was because everybody just seemed to be in a good mood and work with it. Then I was at Sprouts and uh, the people, the attitude there was so different that I actually got pissed off. And it may be a difference of really, really good people that work at Trader Joe's and maybe the people at Sprouts there weren't of that same caliber. And I don't know, but I know that I actually got mad. Like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, and it was what happened was that they, they shut down an aisle they shut down one lane and had everybody move over. Then that other lane kept open. And then I had to move my, it was just a crazy, stupid thing. And it was like, and all of a sudden I felt I'm getting mad. I mean, I'm irritated about this whole thing and now I'm freaking done with it. And I think that's going to start happening more and more. I think there's going to be a point where, where we're getting to that, where people are just going to say, okay, the novelty is worn off. The, the interesting factor is gone. And now screw the community. I I'm tired of this. I don't want to stay here. I need to get stuff done. I need to get out because life is about doing not right. about sitting around. That's right. And I, you know, I think you're right. Um, we're all seem to be hanging on, uh, I don't know. I, I, the media has been such, um, I don't even know how to explain it. I, it's so hard for me to watch any of it because it is it is such a it's it's irritating everyone. And I think it's irritating the reporters. It's irritating the president. It's irritating the governors. And nobody we all everybody's fixating on some specific thing and how it affects them. We're not able to kind of back up a little bit and go, hey, this is affecting a lot of us. We're all in the same boat. I think we're all just becoming more and more irritated. We need something positive. We need some some good energy, some, hey, we're going to start working on on opening this thing back up. And, and now that's what they're talking about. Yet it still seems like we just we you and I were just talking about this. There's still half this part of the country that is like, no, 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 we need to be careful. And the other half is like, hey, man, let's get on with our lives. Yeah, the atmosphere has definitely been changing a lot. Yeah, and it's it's and you see the the president and, and the nation, you know, the White House trying to trying to be proactive and trying to be a hey, we can do this. We can go back to it. We've we've learned some some lessons about life and we can go back to work and we can start making this happen. And then of course the highly powerful and I'm going to say powerful because it's it's those people the CDC and the NIH. I mean, this is this is a wet dream for them. And I, you know, and I right. I say that all very colloquially, but this is what they live for. I mean, this is a once in a career um, chance to make a difference. Right. And they're and they're taking full advantage of it. And whether you believe Dr. Fossey or not, or whether you believe some of the others and and like God bless her, the uh, the governor of was it South Dakota that uh, decided to try that new, the Drew, the hydro, I, you know, I'm not even going to try to say the multisyllabic word. Maybe you can do it, Jesse. You know, you're smarter than me. Um, the hydropoxylene or whatever it is. <laughs> we'll call it the malaria drug. There you go. So that this, this malaria drug, which has these 
case studies and these even this Democrat congresswoman who claims that it saved her life and thanked the president for it. And yet those powers that be the Dr. Fossey's of the world, the Bill Gates of the world all want to have like this. No, you got to take this 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 medicine we provide, you know, it. You know, and God bless her for taking the risk. But that's what you got to do in these times. When when we are being asked to do so much, then they need to step up the game too. Right. This cannot be normal operating procedure. No, I tell you, if I was sick, I'd be telling them to give me anything they had. Like I, I just don't understand this whole. Well, we don't know about the side effects and that kind of thing. And and I'm just, uh, I, you know, this is. But this is a Jeep show. And uh, talk about uh, this. So my Jeep has a virus. Right. Right. <laughs> it does, actually. It has a problem. Well, and what I think you know, I'm going to mention one last thing because it was something that the media had brought up in the last couple of days. And that's the fact that have you noticed that there's nobody else dying of anything else now? And there's oh, no, right. nobody's died of the flu right. in the last two months. Well, that's right. right. Yeah, exactly. COVID-19. I don't know. Right. And that's a very specific thing that's come up is that every death of somebody who has COVID-19 is being counted as a COVID-19 death. Right. So even if they died of a heart attack. Right. COVID-19. Um, it's it's COVID-19. Right. And that is so the numbers is in, to some degree inflating the numbers. But for all those people and all of our listeners all of our listeners who have heard the media say, especially over the last 24 hours, the latest line, and you know the media, you can listen to 20 different stations and you're going to hear the same words because they got the same press release, right? Right. What is that the most deaths in the world now the United States has? Right. But I ran the numbers. I ran the numbers because I had this debate with a buddy of mine who, who lives in France, right? And he was hammering on the U.S. Like, we are at 0.1% right. of our population has died. That is the same as France and several other European countries that are that low. So 0.1% of the population. It doesn't matter that we have a bigger population and a bigger concentration of people in some places, and therefore we have some more deaths as far as pure numbers. But just remember, folks, 0.1% of the population has died. The same as other countries. I love the image where they take the the entire country of Italy there and put it in the middle of the United States and it overlaps like, you know, three states. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, then you then you got to appreciate us here in California where apparently our governor has declared California a nation state. Right. And uh, as his as his I, pre-running, I mark my words, everybody listening, you're going to see a candidate, Gavin Newsom, uh, in the next presidential election. He will be two years into his second gubernatorial term, and he will be running for president. And he's starting now. He's going to point back to all everything he did here as, as running a nation state um, as part of his credentials. There so, you go. Yeah. Uh, compared to the field they have now, he actually wouldn't be the worst candidate. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, man. Well, <sighs> well, enough politics, as I know we're not here to talk politics. We're here to talk about Jeeps, Jeeping and Jeepers. That's right. And speaking of which, have you have you like do you just go into your in your garage and just like hang out with your Jeeps and just talk to them? Kind I mean, of. Yeah. What, what, I mean, they get lonely. Yeah. And, and totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, going I out sit and- against the garage door and talk to mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
through the door or actually go inside? <laughs> well, her, actually, right now it was it's it, we've had this funny weather where uh, we actually got some snow, but the sun's out. But I mean, when I got up this morning, it was 25 degrees and Denver's, you know, got lots of storms and snow and it's it's sunny here, but it's extremely cold. Mm. Um so to go out in the garage and and hang out, unless the heat's on out there, uh, it's not that comfortable. But when the sun's out, it feels good. But it's still, I think we're supposed to get what to forty degrees today. Um, yeah, it wow. just, it's just that time of year. It's springtime in Colorado. You know, we've still got, we're still planning on going to Moab. So for all of our listeners that are thinking, I wonder what's next, when we're going to be able to get out. Our modern Jeeper adventure trip for Moab is planned the end of May. Hopefully that mm-hmm. gives us enough time. Hopefully Moab can open back up. Um, we've had some inquiries as to, hey, when are we going to know for sure? Well, they're, they're, your guess is as good as mine, but we'll do our best to keep you informed. We've still got oh, a handful of spots open. I guarantee you they're going to go fast. As soon as this thing turns back around, uh, <laughs> yes. there's going to be a line to, to go get out on these trails. So, right. And then Friday, yeah. you know, was my birthday and Corey took Yes, happy birthday, happy birthday. Thank you. I uh, We went out to Rim Road. Yep. Um, nice. So it was it was a nice little getaway. It wasn't too bad. And we he was like, you want to do topless? He's like, it's bad. I just want to go see. And yeah, it was it was pretty bad, especially with two Jeeps. You don't want to get out there and get in trouble and have to use emergency resources at this time. So we kind of turned around and we had a nice little outing. It was good. It was warm. It was a nice little break from sitting at home. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You know, it's, it's our weekend was with Easter and stuff. We just did it in house and we, we, we made little baskets for the kids and, um, and got their, you know, they got their little plastic eggs and, and some toys and cars and quarters and dollar bills to put in their piggy bank. And then we put a dozen or so eggs in the backyard for them to go gather. And all of that was pretty quick compared to, you know, then we had to do the photo shoot, right. Or put them in their little Sunday Easter best <laughs> and, uh, and a photo shoot, but proud Papa moment, proud Papa moment. Okay. My last night I'm sitting in the hallway playing ball with the kids. we got a big entry hallway and, and, uh, I look over and all of a sudden our little girl, who's just like nine months, nine, nine months, three weeks, something like that. You're standing up. She's just like standing up. She's just like, and she just started crawling like a few weeks ago and she's just standing up there. Oh, wow. And like looking at me like, hi, I'm like, holy, what? <laughs> and so I got to say, I mean, our boys like didn't start walking till they're almost 16 months. I mean, so I, you, I got to hand it to you, Jesse. Yes, it's true. Women are smarter and better in a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> nine months she's already showing them up and like hey i don't know about you guys i want to walk i'm like oh god she's gonna be walking a month but you know it's it, it's it's been nice it's been nice family time and and um you know it's it's, i just so, wish i can get out too yeah and then that's just it it's so hard to know i mean we're we are under a stay-at-home order and yet a lot of people in a lot of areas are able to go out and enjoy the the trails and that kind of thing and i just in the back of my mind, I always, you know, I'm, I'm that cautious guy. Like what if something were to happen, you know, you get out and yeah, that's all fun and games until you roll your Jeep and you need, you know, medical attention. And then all, you know, that changes everything. So it's, 
it's tough. And even around here, we live in such an amazing place. There's nobody out on these trails and these roads. But what if? What if something happens? And I, I get it. We're not supposed to be out enjoying ourselves. Um, and by doing so, I think we make even more people bummed like oh look what they're able to go do and i can't and then it creates this animosity thing and it's just it, the whole thing is just awkward hey don't be jealous <laughs> right <laughs> don't, don't hate the player hate the game <laughs> <laughs> there you go. well you know and, and it's it is it's true and even then like you know in our case we have this shelter at home policy but of course metal cloak is open um because we fall under certain exemptions right um other places are not um and some people appreciate that some people are actually taking advantage of it i was i was reading something the other day about what a great time to develop the good habits in life right right really you have a chance to do some things and be proactive and maybe develop better habits and maybe learn a bit a, a thing or two about yourself and your family and and but others like me I, I get a chance to come into the office every day come home to my kids of course we have a whole protocol right i come home i i have a side door that i enter into the side bathroom i strip down take off the clothes take a shower and uh, and the clothes go into the wash just because it's just the safe thing to do because my wife is immunocompromised is it overkill maybe but is all of this overkill? Maybe, but you know, it's, it's, it's that maybe, but why, why be stupid about it? You know, better to be safe and then hope that we're being told the truth, um, at all different levels and hope that, that the truth will come out as it does. Like there's more and more truth coming out about China and the origins of, of, of this, um, COVID-19, not being the wet markets, but being the actual labs that are in there in Wuhan. Um, so there's, there's just, it'll all come out. We yep. have to have faith that the truth will come out. We have that faith that will, that the right thing will happen. We have to have faith that we'll be able to get back to, to doing it. But in the meantime, we have to be smart. And, you know, you and I have said time again, if there's a theme to this podcast, it's don't be stupid. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And that isn't always the funnest thing. Um, Cause sometimes being stupid is way more fun. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, the guys on the, the guys going to spring break a couple weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, again, we're all so on the edge of our seats going, okay, come on. When can we start going back to some normalcy? When can we go be social? We're social human beings. I mean, it was so cool last week to have Greg on the show from Raceline Wheels um, and have him talk about, again, part of this whole technology, all these people using these conference softwares and Zoom and, and social media. To have Greg sitting in Arkansas, you in California and us in Colorado, and be able to talk with each other about what's going on in different parts of the country, it's pretty, pretty amazing. It is. It is. And I said this before, we're in a unique technological moment in, in time where we could do this, where it doesn't affect for, you know, I have half my office staff working from home and it doesn't affect us. They're still able to get the job done. Now, thankfully, we have good people who can actually do their job from home and not just sit around in their underwear all day and, and, oh yeah, oh, was I supposed to get that done? Oh, okay. Yeah. No problem, brah. Right. Um, you know, we've got good people, but it's, it, some people's 
understandably, some people can't do that and make a living. You, know, you can't be a, a server and stay at home. You have to actually serve. And can, most of the time, the servers are making money off their tips. And the hard time for them, even if they are getting unemployment, well, unemployment is usually based on declared amounts, which most servers don't tend to declare You know all the tips they make, right? So the actual income they're making and their unemployment they're making is going to be less than what they're used to making. And that's a problem, right? And there, but there are, um, you know, I, hopefully you are, all of our listeners are supporting your local community, supporting your local businesses, supporting, you know, uh, what you can with making sure that, that, that you are eating out when capable not eating out, meaning that you're actually like going to restaurant or having restaurants deliver because there's all kinds of delivery services. And I know the pizza place down the street from me, Mountain Mike's is having, they're doing more business than usual because it's easy to have a pizza ordered and delivered. Um, and so it's, it really is, hopefully you are doing what you can to support your local businesses and so that your business owners are there when it comes back to the other side. Um, cause not all businesses are really going to be able to benefit from the, from the loans and the stimulus packages and all the other financial support. There's as, as David Johnson of Northridge four by four said on our podcast before, um, you know, there's going to be more bankruptcies than there are deaths from COVID-19. Right. And I think it's very true. Well, and it's just, um, you know, and then the, the, the flip side of that is we have some friends that uh, they haven't changed at all. In fact, um, they're busier now. They're working harder. It's it's kind of, you know, business as usual for them. In fact, one of them, my, my brother that lives in Grand Junction, he, he works for a large grocery uh, store chain, uh, Kroger, uh, King, um, City Market is what that brand is called in Grand Junction, but he's busy. They're extremely busy. And if they weren't busy, we wouldn't have anything to eat. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, but he's, he's frustrated by just going to and from work and the people being rude. Some of the, you know, these, <laughs> they have a, uh, an elderly time of the day in the mornings when, you know, it's the stores open before anybody else can get in. But literally these elderly folks are inviting their friends to go to the store at the same time. And they're using it as their social. Hour. <laughs> oh no. I mean, that's that kind of stuff. And I, you know what? It's uh, human nature. I, I, I understand. Right. Uh, but you know, it, it's funny. We talk about the technology and how this is such a benefit for us. And, you know, here we just got back from that amazing trip through Death Valley and we literally had no communication and that wasn't all bad either. <laughs> you know, we think about the timing of that, right? All this stuff is blowing up while we were in Death Valley. That's right. And it's, it's almost one of those surreal moments. Like you come out of, you come out of Death Valley after four or five days in Death Valley and the world is like, you know, there's some bit on apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, we kind of knew that there was something coming when the, we started that, that trip out there. And then, uh, yeah, by the time we all got home, things were a mess, you know, and that was not a week. Um, after the, the cases first started to show up, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the, so we've, I've done a, I've done four stories. I've broken it apart into, to each of the the days that we were out there on the first trip. And then our, our good friends at, at trail nut, Jim and Deb created that amazing video. And, uh, I actually reshared their video link again today in the fourth uh, the fourth day story. But I was thinking about how useful 
even though we didn't have any communication with the outside world, how useful technology really was during that trip. And and you know me and our, our listeners know me pretty well. And I've always got some kind of a gadget or something I'm trying or testing. And I've really started to like um, GAIA, Gaia GPS. And that software just runs on a regular tablet. Like you can uh, run it on a, a Chromebook, I'm guessing, or an, an Android device. Um, I run it on my little iPad. But during that whole trip, I ran three different things. I ran my Magellan, the, their TRX-7. That does a really good job. It's more of a strictly off-road use kind of a mapping platform. And that device does nothing else but pretty much show you off-road trails in use. Um, I ran the the Gaia app on my iPad, as well as some software called View Ranger. And it's amazing to me to come back and I was putting together those four stories and I was trying to give our our, our readers and, and the folks who follow us a better way or a better understanding of what it looked like while we were out there. And it's kind of funny, the Magellan device I can't share that data with anybody. You can't export it. Um, I can import other tracks, but it doesn't really give me what so many of us, we all want to share where we went. Um, the Magellan device just doesn't have that feature. View Ranger is great. Again, it's fairly limited and you've got to be a View Ranger subscriber, go on there, find their trails, find paths that are uploaded, that kind of thing. Gaia I'm, I'm blown away. I mean, I can, that thing does such a good job. And of course it's running on a, on a full blown tablet. So it's got, it's, it's got a computer, you know, powering the thing, but it is able to, you can adjust waypoints. You can adjust tracks, routes, upload, export, manipulate the data. It's, it's pretty incredible. So for our listeners that are, and I've been hesitant, I know Guy has been out there for a long time. And in fact, our friends, um, down in New Mexico, Jody and Brian, they've run Gaia for a long, long time. And, you know, it's one of those paid for type of softwares. And I've always been, yeah, there's other free stuff out there I can use, man. I think it's, I don't know, it's $30 for a year. It's awesome. So wow, plug out 30 bucks for a year. Yeah. Yeah. And all you just have to do is have a pad and you just normal, just a normal iPad. Normal iPad. And that thing, it tracked. So I ran it every day for that trip. So I actually have eight separate routes. I can break out those routes by day. I can throw them on a number of different map overlays. I actually needed to, I had forgot one of those days we went to lunch and I stopped the recording of our track and then I forgot to turn it back on until four hours later in the day. So I had this giant gap uh, between our GPS coordinates from, from when I stopped it until when I started it again. Now it doesn't, it's not a very good GPS coordinate editor, but there's some, some other free softwares out there that will allow you to edit and fill in basically those GPX coordinates or GPS coordinates um, into a GPX file. I was able to export the track out of Gaia, import it into an editor, fill in the waypoints and, and some of the, the missing coordinates, import it back into Gaia, and it, it looks like it's a solid track. Um, pretty cool. I mean, it, it's just, wow. yeah, it's been, it's been a learning process for me to, to go back through. But, you know, it turns out I have some time. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, so question though on that, does it make a difference? Like you're, you actually have data plans on your pad, right? Like do do you have, um, do you have, uh, uh, are you just using Wi-Fi on your pad or do you have like a data plan with your pad? It, it, I do have a data plan, but it is, it needs an, uh, a pad, a tablet with, um, Wi-Fi signal. Okay. So it does use so it uses Wi-Fi signal. So how, but, it, but the GPS in it is strong enough within the pad. Cause I'm not really familiar at that much with what the GPS structure is within a pad. Um, other, obviously there's GPS apps, but is it, it's strong enough that it, when we had no signal going on, it was still tracking everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Those. So, um, I, I you know, I guess I should back up. You can run this on your phone. Um, you don't necessarily, the reason I run it on my iPad is just because of course I get the bigger screen and can kind of see a larger map, but literally you can run it on your iPhone, um, or an Android device, I'm guessing. Um, and it, it it looked pretty, it, it looked pretty complicated initially just looking at it. Like there was like four or five different little screens on your dashboard, um, or on the actual dashboard of the pad, like of the program that you were kind of identifying where you were at. And so it has a lot of data and not just a tracking map. Right. Right. And, and, and to be honest with you, when I first started using it, I thought the same thing. I thought this thing's going to be way more complicated than, than what I want to learn. Um, and I just started hitting record. So I wasn't necessarily using it to see where I wanted to go. I was more about wanting to see where I'd been, um, which now I'm realizing that you can, it's, it's nice. Um, you know, Dell was using it, uh, out in, in death Valley and he had also just started using it as well, but for planning a trip to look at it, because of the all of the different overlays you're able to see, I can see topographic maps, I can see satellite views, images. There's there's literally like there's there's hundreds of maps that you can overlay, including the USGS, you know, very detailed um, quadrant maps. But to plan a route on it is actually very simple. But I was just using it to record, so I'd. Out of, you know, being kind of dumb to new software, literally started the trail. I just hit record and I figured I'll figure it out when we get done with the day. At the end of the day, I hit stop. Well, now to come home with all of that data that it it recorded and kind of learn the software backwards to go and have to go, oh, wait, there's a gap here. I know where we went. Oh, look, I can look at a satellite image of the roads we were on and fill in that data. Um, it's, it's, it's not that complicated. Yes, there's a ton of information in there. And if you're planning a route, like, you know, we weren't sure because of weather out in Death Valley, which ways we were going to go sometimes for to be able to look at the map and go, oh, look, this road goes through. I can see it from a satellite image of the road. And it actually shows some kind of a dotted line on one of the overlay uh, USGS maps. We know we can go that route uh, to plan a trip that way. It's it's a huge, it's a great tool. It's just getting to know new stuff is hard. And you know how it is when we're out on these trips already, we're already got so much going on of, hey, where are we going to get fuel? What time is it? Mm-hmm. Do we need to get 
food. Um, right. Where are we going? How are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? It's easy to lose track of too many things. But literally to have something, if you're out in an area you're not familiar with, especially out here in the West, I get it. Back East, you know, maybe you don't need it in an off-road park that has a bunch of signs um, <laughs> and showing you where to go. But out here in the in the West where there's you, – you could get lost very, very easily and not remember how to mm-hmm. get back out. Something like this is – it's a huge, huge necessity really. Well, and, and what was cool to me, and it seemed like – all the trails were there. I mean, even even these little back roads trails that we were going on were still mapped and identified. Yeah, I was kind of blown away, too. I thought there is no way. How would we ever find this little dirt road? And it sh- turns out either from a topographic overlay of some kind or just the satellite and aerial imagery, you go, oh, no, that 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 road's there. I can see it very clear. Um yeah, pretty, pretty. That's that was pretty cool. And then being able to take it and then show these snapshots um, on the article, which if you haven't checked out the article, guys, or the series of articles, day one, day or day one, day two, day three, day four, all four articles um, on modernjeeper.com. Check them out. Great photos um, from Corey and Jesse. Uh, that video that uh, Trail Nuts did, the Trail Nut did, just amazing. Jim and Deb, um, and and great articles. Just just a real great escape, and it just keeps reminding me how much fun Death Valley was because it's very easy to just come back. When we came back from Death Valley, we were immediately into this whirlwind of what else is going on and really didn't get a chance to sit back and just like decompress and enjoy what we had just done. And so to get these articles and be able to come through. So I really appreciate it, Corey, that you've taken the time to put these together so that I can enjoy and even our attendees uh, can enjoy it. So um, are you doing another series for day um, for trip two? Trip two? I'm, so I, <laughs> you know, all of the stories that I've put up so far have pretty much been static as, is, and by mean is, um, uh, still photos, the imagery from that place, the, the photographic, uh, the scenery there was so epic. And so the, these first four days, it was all pretty much still images. I have a ton of video that I shot too. So I'm thinking maybe for this next half is, I may combine them. I'm not sure our readers want to see another four days, although, you know, we changed up the route significantly. And Mm. um, the the second trip, we were able to go to up to Cerro Gordo, which we couldn't on the first trip because of the snow. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll I'll break out uh, the first day of Cerro Gordo and then uh, do some videos and put some of that together. But, um, you know, Jim and Deb's clip. You can tell the the heart and soul that they put into creating those videos. Deb does all the editing and and she really spent a lot of time and, and made that really special. But you know what? She's done that for a lot of the trips that they've been on with us, including Tillamook, yeah. uh, Moab. I, they, they just make some pretty neat videos for sure. And Deb is getting so much better with her editing. It's just, it just, every video is, is better than the last. I, I love, love her work. Yeah. And you, you touched on Moab and I'm going to reiterate, I'm going to hammer on it a little bit more is that, yes, right now Moab is coming. We are planning on doing Moab Memorial weekend. Um, it is full guns going. We are doing all the planning necessary to make it happen. And until they tell us, no. 
And as of right now, we're just going to move forward with it. Obviously, we know this the, the city of Moab is from the business standpoint and from our friends down there, they're desperate to open back up. Uh, locals are kind of enjoying the quiet and peace and quiet. We have some local friends down there that are retirees that moved to Moab and, and, you know, they're out riding their bikes and doing stuff and kind of enjoying that the, that the population isn't there that is usually there. However, for all the small business people that depend on the tourism, I know they're desperate for it to go up. And I've, I've heard there's one confirmed case in Moab, um, this time. So that's, that is good news for them, but we're hoping that they'll get through all this. And as, as it opens back up, they can, they can be open for May and that will be huge because when they announce that, Hey, we're starting in May. So we probably will know the beginning of May if they're going to close it for the month or if they're going to keep it open, especially considering the Memorial weekend is one of the biggest weekends um, in right. all of yes. Uh, yes. in all of Moab. So it'll just be interesting to see how they do that. I obviously there's pressure there to do it. There's a push to do it. Um, but the city council has, has its considerations and things it needs to think about and, and uh, we'll see what they make a decision. So we, for all of our listeners who are out there, we're still getting registrations and literally we've got a registration in just a uh, day or two ago um, for, for Moab. So there is going to be a small group available uh, registrations and maybe we'll expand that out if there's a lot of interest but uh, as of right now it is full bore Corey and uh, and jeremy and jesse they're all working hard to to make this in a great event for everybody yeah you know it's pretty hard to plan um and not know uh what mm-hmm. what the future looks like but that's that's what we're given and and right now uh jeremy and i have a good idea of what we want to do for for the day's trails they're not going to be the standard typical stuff we're we're breaking out of our our mold and uh as we've seen with a number of our modern jeeper adventures doing things a little bit differently uh, i think that's what people expect and they want to they want to see what more moab has to offer or some of these places we go it's hard it's hard to plan not knowing if we'll be able to to have the event but they've been very uh good at communicating what is going on over there and and with jeremy and heidi there in their business and everybody kind of chomping at the bit to to get this thing turned back around um we'll we'll keep plugging away and uh, make it as special as we can and we'll we'll keep everybody informed Absolutely. Absolutely. And the same with the, for our, our Tillamook trip, there's not a lot of activity on our website at modernjeepadventures.com about Tillamook, but it is, um, scheduled permits have been issued. Yep. Um, and we are moving forward with what we can on that trip. And that's not until July and uh, presumably, <laughs> you know, right. knock on wood, God bless everything. We'll be through that. But if you have any desire to be up in that part of the country, it's, it's beautiful. It is completely different. Um, the wheeling there, you can see the pictures from, from last year. Oh my God. It's just the, it, it reminded me the beauty of the forest up there and the ferns. And I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like the ferns and the clover and that, that whole, um, uh, you know, Northwest environment, right? That's right. Um, and going up into the mountains. So for me, and not not wheeling that day because my rig was broke. I just had so much 
fun enjoyment just walking around and just enjoying um, uh, what was what everybody else was doing. So I'm I'm looking forward to that trip again. Uh, but Tillamook is moving forward. So we have the Tillamook adventure. Then we have, of course, the Rubicon adventure, not until August, but uh, details about that won't be coming out. And of course, we have the Moab trip. So be prepared because if you're itching and you want to go out some great trips, modernshipperadventures.com. Keep watching that site and you'll see what's coming up. You know, right now, Jesse's actually working on a story. We were talking about it this morning. Um, all of these large events that are trying to reschedule and, uh, mm. you know, the way it's looking, um, I think there could be a large event every single day in October. Um, <laughs> October could be a real mess. Uh, but I, I also understand and I feel for all of these these coordinators that are trying to do their best guess and try and get people, you know, back uh, into these into these events, you know, and, and with the Metal CTI trailer, it's kind of sitting out here kind of bored too. And I know I've had a lot of people reach out to us going, Hey, you know, when, when are we going to see you next? When, where are you going to be? And I, I wish I had better answers. Um, but you know, the websites will, we will keep those dates up to date as best we can, as we figure out new dates for the events that have canceled or rescheduled. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we're not too much, longer to be honest i'm right you know we're all kind of sitting on the edge of our seats going okay when can we go um i mean what i do and for that, a living is travel and to not be right. able to travel is it's tough yeah right and that's and that's gonna be the big thing when travel opens back up and then we also have to look at it from the you know what what is the actual economic recovery going to be for everybody right. is there going to be a residual to this or as soon as it opens up things are back to normal i mean we know we have mutual friends who have uh whose job it was to do events um for some of the off-road companies who are right now twiddling their thumbs at home because they got laid off because they weren't needed that's right um or you know some of the companies who who had to be proactive and and lay off you know, half their staff um and just because that was the necessary thing to do until this thing blows over because they 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 couldn't even though there are some protections out there those protections are limited so it's a it's almost in california especially it's almost better that you you if you're going to be in that position to stay home and and you'll get more money from unemployment <laughs> than you would from your employers, especially if you're like close to minimum wage. Well, and I, um, I think that's but, going to be very typical across the country is as as checks do start running in or rolling into people's hands and you know, because of what the stimulus, uh, what the administration has tried to do, people may get a lot more money than they were getting before. That'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the what the economic results are in this stock market seems to be doing fine. Uh, you know, the that's it's recovering and um, and that's a good sign. And, you know, and, and companies are out there and people, thankfully, we're in the Jeep business. And, and God bless all you Jeep owners out there because you're taking advantage of this uh this opportunity to work in your Jeeps and, you know, our employees here appreciate it. That's right. Um, that they have something to do and, you know, business is not usual, but at least there's business to do. So we, we definitely appreciate it now talking about the good stuff, right? So, okay. So 
let's talk about Jeeps and let's just talk about like what we've done. Cause I was just curious. Cause I know Jesse, like you talked, you mentioned it last week, like your Jeep is almost done, right? Like what do you, what's, what's next on it for the next upgrade? <laughs> what's, is it ever done? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. But wh- what's your next upgrade? What, cause you got the bumper on, right? You figured that out. Yeah, we got the bumper. We got the worn winch on. Um, everything's good to go. Um, I did have some codes pop up, but I since cleared those out because um, we did a transmission flush and all that good uh, stuff. And, uh, and that's well, almost that's that's almost a dangerous thing sometimes, right? If, <laughs> Doing if a transmission one, flush, you and like, get something else that happens going. Uh, right. Maybe this isn't right. Now go, going back to your front bumper because we just to let people know why it was such a thing. Why I said, hey, you got that on. That was a challenge because the previous bumper you had. It was a poison spider. It was a really super short, stubby, um, big stinger. Everybody made fun of me, I know. But um, the, uh, the frame horns got chopped off. And so oh. to put the metal cloak bumper back on, I needed those, what, three inches back? <laughs> so locating somebody that chopped them off and sent them to me. I had a couple people, Armando and Philip, help me locate some. And his friend down at the shop, Jimmy, had welded all of that stuff back on and kind of fabricated, make it straight. And we got the bumper on. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I, I there are some times that you do heavy mods, right? And and I understand that. And you you make a permanent modification, but you know, something about those, even the frame horns, that whole section from the from where they cut it off to the frame horn is actually part of the crush zone, isn't it, Corey? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. actually the the bar that goes underneath that is a is a collision bar basically. It basically ties those those frame horns together and they cut all the brackets off. I mean the front plates, the bracket that ties it all in, now I get it. You're adding a bumper on there that is going to uh, basically replace <laughs> replace the, the 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 structural integrity of the front of the that frame. But you know, even the top of that bumper that she had on there was buckled up. You can see where pulling cable from the top portion of the the piece of steel, uh, the top plate of that bumper, had pulled up a little bit because of the pressure of the winch had 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 put on it mm-hmm. um, and without anything else to tie those frame horns together you know eventually that could actually bend the frame now is that common no but having the structural integrity back and Jimmy did a fabulous job uh, welding actual he's three quarter inch bar uh, plate steel Ooh, wow. extended the beneath each frame horns to give the metal cloak bumper that that bolt in spot. And then, you know, it basically it shored the whole front of that thing up, giving it a bunch more strength. Wow. So wow. it worked out good, but it was a it real was tight. It, it was a <laughs> the, real- the winch is super tight in there, but you know, back to my old bumper, I, I rescued a lot of people. I do a lot of recovery. Um, so yeah, it's gotten used quite a bit. I'm ready to use my new Warren winch and see how that goes. But yeah, I like to do recovery a lot. Yeah, that's 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 good. So it, so it wasn't so it still served its purpose. 
And obviously, you know, the Rockstar Jeep gets used. There's nothing about it that hasn't been used. Um, and, you know, you get on it when you can. It's not some princess machine. Oh, no. So <laughs> that's good. So it got used, but now it's got this whole new upgrade. And, and I don't, have you actually wheeled it since all the upgrades? Um, or did you go? Winter 4x4. Four four. I uh, wheeled it with my old bumper, of course, on there. Um, it it walks like butter. I enjoyed it. I now I do have I did order some new race lines because I sold my old race lines off my race rig because it was a six bolt or slick six, six lug. lug. So six lug. I have some five on five lug coming um, the Avengers and I'm ready to put those on because nice. I still have my Patagonia sitting my 37s. Um, I'm ready to put those on. So as soon as I get the wheels on that, I guess that would technically be my next upgrade. Um, then I can apply my rear sway bar back on because right now it doesn't <laughs> fit because my wheels are so far in that. Oh. Yeah, they hit. So it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited. You don't, need a, you don't need your rear sway bar. That's right. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing with, with just the new suspension on it. And, of course, we did a long arm, the Metal Cloak long arm kit on the front with the DB3 brackets in the rear on a two-door, yeah. which is pretty unique. Wow. Um, wow. But she doesn't have a sway bar on the front or the rear of that rig and has driven it – well, she drove it from – Oklahoma from Oklahoma um, without front or rear sway bars. Yeah. I mean, wow, wow! And you did the full. You said you did the full. You did the full four link front, right? Wow, that's so. It, that, that's just a testimonial to <clears throat> to the technology and the systems. And for those people out there, understand there are suspension components and there are suspension systems. That's right. And. And Corey's talked about this before because you have seen, you have, I mean, you could probably tell nightmarish tales about <laughs> guys who have come up with, well, I wanted to have the best of every component and they've built these Franken systems, these yes. Franken Jeeps. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe in some cases you did get that company's best component and that company's best component and that company's, you try to put them together and then there's this, this weird incompatibility issue, not in that they won't bolt on, but that how they perform, you know, and it, it, it absolutely makes a difference. And, and I always, uh, I try to find different ways to explain it to folks when they come in and they've got a hodgepodge of different components. And like you said, they're, yep, they're the best components, but they're not necessarily designed to all work together. And, um, most recently I've been comparing it to kind of like when we used to build our own computers, we could do it a lot cheaper because we could buy all these individual pieces, parts and put it in a case. And in theory, it was supposed to be blazing fast, but it never worked quite right. <laughs> because those components were never designed to work together. Uh, and that's one of the things that a system of, of things working together uh, just goes a lot further than a bunch of different pieces manufacturers cannot fully know and test their products against every other product in the market and and there's so many different pieces parts there's there it would be ridiculous so again a, a system definitely makes a lot more sense um no matter usually who it comes from but um of course um we we see a lot of metal cloak products and we've known how they've all worked together very well. You throw in a certain piece from somebody else in there and it can kind of mess up the whole thing. 
Yeah, it's just, it's kind of interesting. We even had customers who come back and like, there's a couple of companies, like one particular that really focuses on steering. That's like, that's their call to fame. And I've had some customers recently who are taking that system off to put ours on because they have a game changer suspension and they just want to have that system that's designed to work together. Um, And, but it's true. And I'll say this, you know, I, I don't, um, obviously I love our product line, but if you're out there and if you're building your Jeep, just look at the systems for the companies you decide to work with. Right. That's right. And you don't have to all come to metal cloak, you know, it'd be great if you did, but and Corey and, and Jesse and I would really appreciate it. But, um, you, you, but if you decide to go with a company, just again, look at their system because you may very well find that you're going to get the best performance out of that company by going with their system, as opposed to having this part, this part, or this part. That's very true. And, and, and talk with them. And hopefully they have tech support that can help you walk through that, you know, call them, ask for those questions, talk to their guys and say, Hey, this is what I'm planning on doing and see if they, that they have the support necessary to make sure that they're going to guide you uh, into building the system. That's going to be the best for what you plan on using it for. And we've talked about that before in this podcast that you can build things specifically for what you want to use your Jeep for, how you're going to do it. Rockstar Jeep is out there doing stuff. And you're, I mean, Jesse, is that your daily driver as well as your off-road rig or is it mainly off-road? It's mainly off-road, but I can daily drive it. I've made it to where I can daily drive it um, because I upgraded the axle and gear just so I can with bigger tires. Obviously, the gas mileage stinks, but I can still enjoy driving it around. Now, recently, since everybody's sitting around and wanting to buy things, they're looking into buying things, they're looking to upgrade their Jeep. Back in Oklahoma, I am am a part of so many Jeep groups. I've gotten so many questions. I've sent Will a few questions. Everybody's looking to upgrade and why they're going to get upgrade. And so I go back to Metal Cloak and everybody tags me and we have a conversation. It's everybody wants to be pieces and parts and they don't understand and I try to send them your way and everybody to uh, get those taken care of because they're really looking into it and I have a lot of supporters back home as well a lot a lot of my friends have metal cloak they believe in metal cloak we love metal cloak so again if you're out there looking for parts I I get questions constantly but Yeah. yeah hit us up well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. So, you know, the reason I wanted, I wanted to make sure we ended on talking about Jeeps because Jesse, you're building yours. People are out there building theirs. And you know what, for, for as modern Jeeper and as uh, for Corey, myself and Jeppy, Jesse, if you guys are out there building some stuff, send it over our way, like show us, go to, go to, um, modern com and, and do your builds. Again, there's a thread over there about, you know, how it's, how the, COVID-19 is affecting you. Maybe I'm going to have Philip create a thread that's just going to be my Jeep relief build or go. something like that. Yeah. Let's just put some pictures up there. And if you are a Metal Cloak uh, customer, go to Metal Cloak Owners Club. It's metalcloakowners.club. It actually takes you to our Facebook page um, that's specifically for uh, Metal Cloak uh, 
owners and check that out and be able to do that and keep eye on stuff. We're going to do some more stuff. I think I want to do a uh, medical Cloak live um, thing. Maybe uh, Corey and Jesse, you guys might want to do, consider doing since you've got some time, maybe doing a modern Jeeper uh, live on Facebook. Um, just, just, just talking about things that are going on and, and, uh, and showing some stuff and maybe talking about some tech. Oh, and uh, we have some, we have some virtual CTI Facebook Live planned. So, so yeah. <laughs> oh, nice! I'm looking forward to it. That would be awesome. So, you know, be able to 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 just get out there and be a part of this community. Who knows how this is going to go? Hopefully, it ends quickly and we can all get back to being jeepers. But in the meantime, we can be jeepers by being friends with our neighbors, by um, by working on our jeeps, by being on the clubs and be able to share stuff and, and, and really knowing that as Jeepers, our lifestyle is still there. It's just going to be a matter of time. That's right. This, this is a great segue into our tech tip of the week. Yes, it is. Perfect time for the tech tip of the week. You know, I was getting these emails and I get them all the time and I have questions about whether or not we are suspension. I'm sure many companies get this and I'm not sure which suspensions do it or don't. But do we level out and eliminate the Jeep rake? So I thought, you know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what the Jeep rake is there for. Specifically, when you're buying a Jeep, as you buy a JL or JK and, and older Jeeps, there was a rake in the stock suspension. And people like to level it out because it, quote unquote, looks better, right? And that, you know, people ask the question, like, what will your suspension do? Well, there's a lot of variables there. Obviously, I start asking questions like, well, what do you have for the front? Do you a steel bumper and a winch and are you carrying your spare tire especially these days a lot of guys don't want to carry a spare tire how is your jeep reacting to the suspension but i thought let's let's focus Corey, on the actual jeep rake why did jeep put a rake there well and see i always tell people that they actually you want that rake in there because it gives you better gas mileage you're always going downhill Oh, okay. I got to use that one. <laughs> I mean, when I bought my Dodge truck, it was the same way. You know, the the the, the Dodge Ram uh, three quarter ton truck has the nose down and the 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 tailgate up in the air a little bit, and I'm always going downhill. I get excellent mileage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that's awesome. <sighs> yeah. So, well, uh, you know what? That's it. We're tech tips done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the Jeep suspension and truck suspensions and a lot of cars all have this rake built into them. And it's because when they come off the dealer lot, a lot of times, I mean, if you had a even a four-door sedan uh, that didn't have a little bit of rake in it, you know, you put some people in the back seat and you put some luggage in the trunk. Now your headlights are pointed at the clouds. <laughs> um, you know, you can't see where you're going. The suspension bottoms out in the rear. Uh, again, that rake is there for a reason. And the Jeep engineers are, are no different. And they're not they're, they're, that's why they get paid the big bucks. They're, they're getting paid to figure all this stuff out about the weights of things and how a suspension rides when it's loaded. Right, right. And that's the thing is, is everybody's going to be putting stuff in the back of their Jeep. And it may just be 100 pounds. It could be 300 pounds. It could be throwing a tent on or doing something. But even if you go, well, you know, I'm, it's my daily driver. I don't carry a lot of stuff in it. I just don't like the rake. 
Well, understand it's there for a reason. And usually it's only about three quarters inch to an inch of a rake. But when you do want to throw stuff in there, we don't want your butt dragging, you know, your, your ass dragging on the rocks. You don't want the rear end to be lower than the front when you're out there actually wheeling. When you do decide to throw all that camping gear in there and take it out. Um, or, you know, even if you're carrying a lot of guys, as I said earlier, don't carry a spare. And not carrying a spare is a big thing. Thankfully, that's that's exists because the tires we run today are pretty darn good. And so you you can take the risk of going in out without a spare. I don't. I like having a spare. I actually think that that's part of the balance of the rig. You know, Jeep designed the, the Jeep to have, a, you know, all that weight on the back sitting out. And it also not only changes the center of gravity, but it also changes like what the center point front and rear is, because that's an extra foot and a half um, on a on a large spare of, of extension. If you actually measure from the front of your bumper to the back of your t- spare tire. So the, so I prefer to have it there, but when you are taking that off, all of a sudden you even have more of a rake, um, with a, with our suspensions, but the, the basic stock rake there is there because Jeep wanted you to be able to put stuff in the back and not have the rear end lower than the front end. You know, it's interesting. I just, it just dawned on me how much time, you know, we get these questions a lot about, you know, I want to level my Jeep out. You know what that tells me is that we sure spend a lot of time staring at our rigs while they're sitting still. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And that ain't right. (laughs) That that is absolutely true. It's like, oh, looking at it. Oh, you know. Why is my rear end up a little bit higher? And I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Why is your ass higher? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, was, yeah. I was trying to, you know, it's like, okay, look, go get your tool bags, go get some, that something that you typically go wheeling with and throw it in the back. And it's mm-hmm. kind of funny and then go get in it. Well, but now I can't yeah. tell if it's got that rake. Well, yeah. Hmm. You know, it's the beauty of the CTI is that people see their rigs, um, performing right out while the, the driver actually can see his rig, how it performs while he's standing next to it on the ground. And, uh, that you, it's doing stuff that you just never see. Cause you're always in the driver's seat and maybe you have a friend who took a photo. So it, that's, but other time, what do we see? We see the rig sitting flat and, Oh, it's got a little bit rake or I don't like this, or it's leaning one direction or the other. Well, you know, it turns out there's fixes for all that stuff but maybe you don't need to. That's right. I mean, I initially on, on my Dodge Ram, I actually put a set of, of, of lifted coil springs in the front of it, just an inch and a half. And it got rid of the rake. And then when I started to, to tow stuff and carry stuff in the bed, well, now I had to readjust my headlights because I, like I said, they were blinding people. I kept getting flashed. Um, so what did I do? Well, I just put some airbags in the back to level out the load. Well, wait a second. <laughs> I took the brake right. out of the front to level the truck so it looked right when it was sitting still. And then I haul stuff and now it's pointed up. So I got to raise the rear. Um, yeah. We, uh, our suspensions, uh, Metal Cloak's suspension systems are designed to enable us to carry weight and they're they're made for that spare tire just like jeep intended it to have so right yeah folks need to keep in mind they start removing things off or they don't necessarily run a winch uh, they don't have a big steel front bumper they don't have a rear tire carrier stuff like that all affects the suspension these buggies that we've all watched it at king of the hammers and ultra four races and whatnot those guys are are 
so particular about the weight in each corner of those vehicles. You don't see those cars run without a spare tire because that suspension was designed to have that spare attached. Even when they they lose a tire and they chuck the spare on and have to run the spare, they throw that other one back up on top it because back up on top of the rig because it makes such a difference in their suspension. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yep. So think about it. Think about what the Jeep's engineers did. You may want it to look a certain way, but the engineers designed it to perform a certain way. So think about, you know, form over function. Well, we tend to focus on function more than we do on foam form here at Metal Cloth. Foam, form, foam, form, foam. Yes, a little foam, foam in the head, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It makes the ride better to me. I mean. Yeah, actually, I tell people yeah. that all the time. I'm like, are you daily driving it? Are you off-roading it? What do you want to do with it? Well, I want to drive it too. Then is it hammering you? Yeah, I don't like the ride. Well, then you need to get this. I mean, right. not many people understand what they're going to do with it. They just want to be the cool guy. Right. Well, it's kind of right. cool in a parking lot because that's where we spend most of our time. I want to get reservoir shocks. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there is all these caveats to anything you do with your Jeep. And, and and that's another maybe a little bonus tech tip for our people is I understand the parts you're getting and what you're getting and what you're getting out of them. I still get to this day questions like, well, hey, man, you'd have a long arm kit for the jail. No, we don't yet. Oh, but I was told it'd be a better ride quality. That's old school thinking, right? I mean, when it came to a TJ, if you have a buddy with a TJ who's got a long arm, went from a short arm to a long arm, you know what? Absolutely. There is some different ride quality on a TJ between a short arm and a long arm. I prefer our short arm kit um, on on my TJ over a long arm because I like that feel differently, but that's just me. But the the on a JK and a JL, you don't need the long arms to really get the same kind of ride quality. Um, with Jesse's rig, she went long arm because she already had a long arm kit on there and right. there was no going back, right? Well, it was easier to go forward. I didn't have sway bars. It made a big difference. <laughs> right, right. And you going with them. Um, so you just, just make sure you're, you're building something um, to what you need and to understand that, that the parts you're putting on there. One more little bonus tech tip, because you mentioned this early, Corey, about, about lights. When you go and put a lift on, even if you go and put our lift on, and we're not talking about rear sag or anything, adjust your headlights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I've, I've, I did that. We threw it on our JL. I drove out to Arizona and I was getting flashed all night. Why? Because we didn't adjust our headlights. Because when you're up three inches, your headlights are in a different position and you go down. So adjust them down where they're supposed to be. Cause now they're, now they, everybody thinks you got your brights on because of where they're pointing at. So take the time to adjust your headlights as one of your checklist items when you put a lift on your rig. There's actually even a couple of articles on the modernjeeper.com page in product reviews of some of the new JW speaker lights. And I even uh, kind of did some some in-depth picture taking kind of stuff showing uh, what it looks like when, when your headlights are aimed. And, and JW speaker does a really good job of explaining how those need to be aimed. All headlights, not just theirs. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, gosh, I think we had another great tech. Uh, uh, well, that was another great tech tip of the week. And we also had another great podcast. What do you think, guys? Yeah, very yeah. good. Very good. And it's hard and it's nice to be able to reach out in this time and, and have something that we can kind of talk 
talk tech, talk Jeeps, talk what everybody's doing. And hopefully we get through this uh, quickly. And, um, you know, we've been a month. This is today, in fact, is a month um, since we uh, since we all kind of got uh, a change in our livelihoods. Uh, So, yeah, hopefully everybody's hanging in there and, and doing well. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully all of you guys out there in the modern Jeeper community are doing good, doing well. Your safe, your families are safe and, uh, and, and you are looking forward like we all are to getting through this and going back to our modern Jeeper lifestyles. Absolutely. Well, my friends out there, you know, if you want to reach out to us, we are here. So reach out to me at Matt's at MetalCloak.com, Corey at MetalCloak.com, Jesse at MetalCloak.com. Um, you can find Corey on the internets. You can find me on the internets. We're on Facebook, Jesse on uh, Rockstar Jeep Girl on the Facebook as well. Instagram, we're out there. Reach out to us. Say hi. If you have questions, if you just want to chat. We're here and uh, we're always here to help. Make sure you to check out moderngeeperform.com, moderngeeper.com, and of course, moderngeeperadventures.com so you can plan your getaway once all this clears out and you just want to clear your head. We are here and we're going to have a lot of fun. And if you can't make it to Moab Jeep Adventures, um, when Moab opens back up, why don't you take time and put aside that two weeks and or a week or whatever and take some vacation time and go out to our friends in Moab? Um, because we know guys like Jeremy at, at Outlaw Jeep Adventures would love to give you guys a great time out there in Moab. Um, you know, we all missed it because Easter Jeep Safari this year, but it's still a bucket list item for many people and they could use your support. So as well as many other communities in this area. So hopefully when it all clears up, we can get out and just have a great time, go back to Jeeping on the trails and, uh, and regain our modern Jeeper lifestyle. Yes. All right. Cheers y'all. And, uh, Corey, Jesse, we'll talk soon. See you on the rocks. See ya. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.